Good morning, gentlemen. Okay, we are on Ayin Gimel uh, Ahmed Aleph, 73A at the top. And um, we are um, uh, going through uh, this, the real subject. This, this parak is the oral, the uncircumcised one. Uh, what can he not do? A person who has that impediment. In other words, that to grow spiritually, you need to have a bris. And there are many things in life that we do, especially a kohen, that is done on a very holy level. And so the question is, if he never had a bris, what would he be excluded from? Which mitzvahs is that essential, and which ones are they not essential? And we had a little bit of a surprise that for being a spritzer, in case you always wanted to be a spritzer, a paraduma spritzer, or the one that mixes the ashes, uh, or the one who gathers the ashes together, we were going through various halachas, uh, it could be that that's not a problem o- over there. And our question was, how do we know and what? And so we went through various laws, and now we're at the tail end of that. We got one more halacha. Behiza hatahar al hatame. This other halacha we mentioned in passing, and that's often the style of the Gemara, which is, we will, uh, good morning, Steve, we'll bring in a... Um, uh, a proof from somewhere, in order to bring a proof or a question, we'll have to quote something larger, and once we quote it, now we need to get back to it. So uh, one of the things we mentioned was that uh, even though the whole idea of paraduma is purity, and everything is done super pure, um, I mean, you have to understand what happened. In, in order to make a paraduma, they, uh, they have um, uh, women who give birth to children on top of a rock, so that there's nothing buried under the rock. Because uh, you don't want to have a young Kohen uh, who's uh, born who might, you know, uh, walk over an area where somebody's buried, where a dead body's buried. So they have them, they raise them the first few years on this giant rock where there's nothing buried under the rock because you can't get under the rock. And they make sure that it's pure. So we like super-duper pure on the Paraduma. They had a special bridge just for Paraduma transportation. So, uh, therefore, you would have thought that everything has to be super pure, but actually for your uh, spritzer, for the paraduma, you're allowed to accept somebody who's technically tame. And uh, that person who's technically tame is uh, now not somebody who's real tame, like somebody who touched a creepy or dead body, but somebody who went to the mikvah and is just waiting for the nighttime to come. That's called a tful yom. So, Technically, he's still Tame, but he really is, the only thing that he needs is time. There are a lot of things like that. that you know, everything is ready, it's just not the time. <laughs> you just wait for the time. Time we wait for. We, so uh, that's the full Yom. So how do we, we mentioned in passing when we were talking about an uncircumcised spritzer, that you could also have a full Yom spritzer. And so the question is, where would we know that halacha from? And so we're just going to bring the source of that. Uh, it says that the, the, the pure guy is going to spritz the tame guy and make him pure. Now, that's one of the interesting things about paraduma is that the, the same one, one person can get pure from the ceremony and another person can get impure. That's one of the, uh, the interesting things about paraduma. Some people say that we have to have faith that there are going to be things in life that don't make sense to us. One person becomes pure, one person impure. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. That's exactly it. That, that paraduma was that uh, 
we had to atone for the golden calf where we, we wanted to be in charge of everything. We wanted to understand everything. We wanted to make our own rules. Hashem says, no, you can't make your own God. You know, you're human. You, you have to just accept that there are so many things in life that we don't understand. We don't even know what you're thinking. You know, that's the, so but paraduma is that. Some people are tameh, some are tahar. It is what it is. Uh, so, he's a Torah Torah implies, what do, what do you mean? Everybody, of course, until now, we've been talking about a pure person. So he says, when well, you're talking about a pure person who used to be impure, who is that? Limud al tfuyom shekasha bepara. Okay, that's the, that's the limud. Uh, that he's tahar now, but he wasn't always tahar. So what kind of person could that refer to? It's an extra pasuk. Rashi throws that in over here. Good morning, Michael. That uh, we're on the top of Ein Gimel Amid Aleph. And as we mentioned, we were just finishing up yesterday's drushes uh, and talking about certain leniencies in Paraduma. And uh, we just said that even the sprinkler, the spritzer, whatever, the, I don't know if sprinkle or spritz, I don't know what's the best word. The, he takes the, the bush and, and dips it in the water and the ashes and he does a flick. And then it sprinkles or spritzes? Splashes, we'll call him the splasher. You're right. So that's a, whatever the word we want to use will be. But at any rate, that's that final halacha. Let's get back to our home turf, finding out about what the uncircumcised person could do, the oral. So, boy, me name So they asked Rivsheshis. So we've been talking about Truma and we've been talking about Corbin Pesach. Those have been the two, uh, two things we've spent a lot of time on so far about the uncircumcised. Well, we also talked about the, research, the, the unbrisked person who, who pulled it over and had a second one. That, that we also spent a day and a half on. Uh, that was also fascinating. But now we're back to the regular unbrisked person. What about Meister Shani? That's going to be the question. Meister Shani is also a fascinating halacha because it's not eaten, eaten by the Kohen. It's eaten by me and you. Uh, any, every Jew uh, has Meister Shani money. They take up to Yushalayim and they... They eat it in Yerushalayim. And there are also special laws of purity. And so, does the person who goes, does he have to have a bris? In other words, uh, what if he, and, and again, especially if you learn like Rashi, that this includes people that couldn't have a bris for medical reasons, you're always going to have a bigger population. So, those people who are orals, who are unbrisked, boy, me name Rav Shesha, as they asked from Rav Shesha, orhu mahu vameiser. What are you? We are three lines from the top on 73A. So that, that is... Did you already do everything else on Ayn Bidim Al-Bit? Yeah, 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 we did that yesterday. Because mm-hmm. yeah, remember, you stopped not by the bomb because you had to go to a bris. Oh, you are absolutely right. Thank you, Richard. I'm sorry. Thank you. He's absolutely right. Uh, we did have to go to a bris yesterday, and well, it was right here in the same room, so we, we stopped. Uh, so uh, we will go back. Thank you. Um, so uh, we were, I was getting ready to go back into the uncircumcised. Now let's go back into the spritzer. So uh, the question was, uh, these laws of paraduma, there were certain leniencies that you didn't have uh, in other things, and we were pointing them out. Um, so let's start back into that on yesterday's page. Um, re- the, uh, the question is, where is there a good... You stopped in my time, the Rabbanon is where you stopped. Right, right. Um, but, uh, you may want to go back to the Azdu Lutame, that's the beginning of the end. Yeah, that's where I'm looking, where I'm thinking of even going even further up. 
Um, one second. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, I will go to Azla Tame. Uh, it's about 10 lines up, 12 lines up. Uh, they're going with their opinion, uh, De Tanya. Uh, we're talking about there being a difference. Is, is it worse to be unbrisked than one of these other problems? And we're saying that an unbrisked person is, 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 is a brisk to us is the, um, is the sign of faith, is a sign of being a Jew. And so being unbrisked is, un, is what we, we said before, it's meas. It's disgusting. You know, it's a person. Um, the symbolism is that a, a brisk means that you can make yourself better, that you're not perfect as you are. There's some people say, well, God created me this way. This is the way I am. This is the way I'll be. And nothing could change. And the, the Sefer Chinook says this, really. The idea of a bris is that man was created to improve himself. Uh, Hashem didn't create us. Uh, every, you know, the, a person's a little child. He has a lot of things to grow up on. And we're meant to grow up. We're meant to uh, become better and better. And that's the symbol of a bris, that we do things to ourselves to improve. Sometimes, so... Um, uh, it's interesting, they bring also a bris, you're taking something away. In other words, you have to cut back certain things. There are certain ambitions that a person has. Um, one of the whole problems with the, our society is that if a person is attracted to people they shouldn't be, instead of saying, well, you know, maybe you shouldn't do that. You know, you shouldn't be attracted. Or you shouldn't want to do things until you're married. Or you shouldn't want somebody besides your wife. Or you shouldn't want somebody of the wrong... Uh, uh, they're, they're saying, well, if it feels natural, that's what you should do. The Torah is saying, no, not everything that you want to do, uh, you have to, you, a person cuts a piece of that away. Uh, they're, they're, you're not meant to satisfy every drive that you have because it feels natural. In fact, uh, that's the, uh, but that's, uh, that's Mias. I don't know why I'm in that mood today, I'm sorry. So getting back to the laws of Paraduma, everybody is acceptable to be a mixer of the paraduma. Kiddush over here means taking the ashes and the water. That's that part of the ceremony. And there's a big list of people that can't. Uh, these are people that don't know what's going on. The cherish is a deaf mute. The shota is an imbecile. A cotton is a minor. You're a Jewish minor. Why not? But not a woman. Or the androgynous who might be a woman. So my time at Rabbanan. How would they know to be more lenient with paraduma than with other things? So the answer is, It says, and they will take uh, from the ashes. This is describing the ceremony where they mix the ashes to, uh, uh, with the water. So uh, what, uh, what it says, and they will take, um, those same people that until now couldn't gather the ashes, they also can't do the mix. Those people that were allowed to uh, gather the ashes and be involved, so basically we're saying the same criteria is for the entire Paraduma process. Rabbi Yehuda says, no. It could have just said, and he will take. Why all of a sudden does it, when it gets to this part of the ceremony, does it mention... Uh, it goes into plural. So he says, that's teaching, uh, even those people until now who were rejected, he said there's a switch here in the middle of the ceremony, in the middle of preparing paraduma, where we get more liberal all of a sudden. 
So then the Morris says, well, if you're getting liberal, let's let the women do it too. Let's, uh, let's open the doors, <laughs> you know, so let everybody do paraduma. So it says, You're right, but it, said, it says, He, well, not she. I've Rabbanan. That's a good point. What are the Rabbanan who argue, there are some extra words here. How are they going to interpret those words? The answer is, they're going to tell you the number of people doing. If it had just said, He will take and He will give, it's got to be only one person. You can have multiple people. You can do team effort. Because they're man of Allah, who venas nu, have me to shackle tray, you have to have two. Uh, maybe it's supposed to be done with the team. Kasaron of Allah, who venas nu, afilu shackle tray, viyayevkad. You could have two, you could have one. Uh, it, it seems to be that it, uh, you can have multiples and you can have singular. Okay, that's where we left off. And then we turn to today's page. Vihiza Torah al atomic. And then we said, uh, it says the Torah guy does the spritz. Now, what do you mean? Of course the Tahar guy does the Shpitz. So the word says Tahar implies he wasn't always Tahar. Who's somebody who's sort of Tahar now? Uh, who's that? Limit al Yom. He's somebody that purified himself, and he's, he went to the mikvah, and he's only waiting for nightfall. Okay, Shekashi that's acceptable. And again, there are very, some very interesting nuances in Paraduma, but some of the very basic, there has to be, we have to approach that, at least Paraduma, we're not going to understand it all. But other things we do try our best to understand. So, but getting back to boy, me name three lines from the top. So the question was, uh, this uncircumcised guy, what about miser? Uh, he's not a Kohen, right? He's not eating a Corbin. He's just eating his miser up in Yerushalayim. But he never had a bris. So what's the deal? Could he or can't he eat the miser? So it is he, so kiheka the yala pesach miser. Well, so what we're going to do is, uh, in our minds, we tend to lump them all together, but there are many different levels of holiness. So one level is Korban Pesach. And uh, Korban Pesach, every single Jew eats. We all eat Hashem. We're like a Kohen that day. On, on, we all eat Korban Pesach. So uh, w- what are the rules? And Pesach is often mentioned with Meiser. So the, we all remember for Korban Pesach that yeah, you, you don't get to shawarma, you don't get any lamb meat unless you have a bris. You're... Over there, it specifically excludes the Jew who didn't have a bris from participating in the Pesach. So, Pesach Now, how do you know that we learn one thing from the other, that in general, that there are similar subjects? So, actually, there is a law that we don't have a mourner uh, eat the Korban Pesach on the, on the day where he loses a deceased. By, by the way, we had that, um, it could be that that's Korban Pesach, but Matzah and Mar, he could eat, so don't worry about that for the Seder. But uh, today we don't have the Korban Pesach. But uh, the Korban itself, we excluded a, a person who's in mourning, a, a Torah mourning, an, an owning, uh, at least on the first day, would be excluded from the Korban Pesach. So where did we learn it? Now, it didn't actually say it by Pesach. It said it in the laws of Meiser, that a person who's in mourning, Meiser, a, a person has to have a joy. He has to be happy. He has to see it as a privilege. And uh, if, he's, if he's in mourning and he's in shock and he's just putting the food in the mouth because that's something to do, um, there's nothing else to do in a shiva how everybody brings food, right? Because that's, that's just, a, that, there it's a symbol that life goes on, that people, even though they don't feel like life going on, you want them to have food because that's the basic awareness that life will continue. You've got to put fuel in the tank. That's, the, that's why there's food. But, but it's not a happiness. It's no happy meals at the, at the, not supposed to be happy at the Shiva house. 
but uh, so we learn out from Meiser, just like Meiser, that uh, an onain, somebody who's very unhappy, can't, uh, has, is not allowed to eat Meiser, he's also not allowed to have a common Pesach. So you see that the two are a pair, Meiser and Pesach. So just like you learn Pesach from Meiser, that from Meiser we learned that a mourner can't eat it, so Pesach also a mourner can't eat it. So let's go backwards. Since you learn Pesach from Meiser, so let's flip it around and learn Meiser from Pesach. Since Pesach, you got to have a bris, Meiser also, you got to have a bris. So that's one way. You could, you could argue, since we learn out Pesach from Meiser, let's learn out Meiser from Pesach. Oh, or maybe not. Dilma Chamre Michal Yalef. To learn this super-duper extra holy thing of bringing Korban Pesach from the little bit less holy thing of Meiser, that you could do. Chamor, the heavy-duty, strict thing, Pesach. You, that uh, if for Meiser, which isn't quite as holy, you, you have to exclude a mourner, certainly for the more strict thing, Pesach, you got to exclude the mourner. But Kalme Chomer, this sounds funny because there is such a thing as a Chalme Chomer, but the light thing from the heavy thing, in other words, just because we don't let somebody uh, participate in the Pesach offering, if they didn't have a bris, that doesn't mean we won't let them do Meiser. Because Meiser, we're not so strict. So to, to go the other way, this strict thing, you could be sure we're going to not let a mourner. To, but to go the other way and say, well, just like Pesach, you've you got to have a bris, Meiser too, maybe not. So that was the question that we threw out over here. What's the deal for Meiser if you don't got a bris? Can you do it or not? Omer Lutinsu, we learned. If a non-Kohen were to accidentally eat truma or first fruits, he's in big trouble, he deserves death. And he's got to pay back that death if he did it on purpose. He deserves death. And if he, uh, when he goes to pay back, he not only has to replace what he ate, he has to add the fifth. Um, he has to pay the fifth, the chamash. Vasur and Lazarim. And non-Kohanim are not permitted to eat them. Hain v'hain. V'hain nixay kohen. The bikurim and the truma, that's a kohen's property. And so if you eat it, you've got, to, uh, you've got to give it back to them. You've taken something that belongs to them and make sure to add the fifth. Now, what happens if it didn't get, uh, it didn't get eaten alone? It like fell into a pot. They sometimes had spices of truma. And so, in other words, because you have anything that grows, you could have truma from. So you, they took truma on spices, and somebody, you know, gave a little, he says, oh, this spice is the really good one, and he put a little bit of it in the cholent. So uh, don't you say nullification. You need a hundred times to nullify it. You've got to have, uh, you've got to wash on it, and uh, uh, you need uh, to wait for a nightfall. If a person is Tame, uh, these things apply to the laws of Truma and Bikurim, uh, the laws of eating and purity, whereas Meiser, uh, these few laws don't apply to Meiser, but they do apply to Truma and Bikurim. Now, so we've mentioned which ways Truma and Bikurim are stricter than Meiser, but we didn't mention, in Truma and Bikurim, you've got to have a bris, but we didn't mention Meiser, you don't need a bris. The misa, and if it's true um, that uh, the uh, uh, that you don't you don't need a bris for meiser, it should have said that for truma and bikurim, our also behad mash ain't came by meiser, but it didn't say that. 
So since we have the list of things that apply in other areas and not Meister, and we don't list the bris thing, it must be that it's not true that Meister does apply to a bris. That's the proof of our question that we started the day with. You like that proof? The Morris said, no. Why? Tana Vishayar. Just because we didn't mention it doesn't mean that it, it's true. Because it maybe we uh, left it out. You know, it's true. There, we could have said that. We could have added that to the list. That Bikurim and, uh, and Truma, you better have a bris. And for uh, Meister, you don't need a bris. I, why didn't we say it? it uh, we don't say everything. You can't possibly list every single thing. So, Tanya Vishayar. So you know what's coming next, right? We, that's the good thing about Dafyomi is eventually you learn to anticipate what my shire to high shire. Well, if you said it left this out, what else? Prove it left something out. There are two kinds of lists. There are all, the, all extensive lists where every single thing is on them. And if it didn't make that list, that meant... And then there are other lists which are general lists, but they're... Lav Dafka, right, that's right. So that's the question. Uh, you're saying this list uh, doesn't list everything, and so therefore you can't prove that Meister, you don't need a bris, what else did it leave out? So the Morris said, well, the Katani Seifa, it said over there in the second half of the Mishnah, Yeshma, Meister Bikurim, Masha, Enkein Bitruma. There are certain things that are in Meister Bikurim that's different than Truma. Shem Meister Bikurim, Toynavas, Mokum. You've got to bring them to a certain place. Uh, truma, you don't got to bring anywhere. You can eat it at home. But uh, these things, Meister and Bikurim, you've got to bring them somewhere. Betoin Vidui. And you need to make a vidui, a confession. It's really not so much a confession. It's more of a declaration. But it's a, it's a, that's a subject of itself. But when you eat them, you have to say something. Yeah. You have to say a certain form of what we call vidui meiser. Va'asr la'onein, and it's forbidden to a mourner. Rev shimen mater. Ve'chayim bebir. And if you got them left over after a certain point, they have to be, or if they become tame, you're obligated to destroy them. Um... The, the Rashi said, when is it you got to get rid of them? Let's do that, Rashi. Um, the reason that it's important to mention is that uh, 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 it's not talking about Shemitah, but w- this year we're in a Shemitah year, and Shemitah also has this thing of beer. And that's important because a beer means you're not allowed to have it in the house at a certain point. With Shemitah, you're not allowed to have it in the house once it's no longer in the fields. And so the problem is, if you go... Uh, to the farmer's market and you buy Shemitah grapefruits or you buy Shemitah and they're in your house, once you reach this manabir, uh, so f- first of all, there's special rules about how you eat Shemitah. But besides that, you're going to have to take it out. You have to be mevar, like beer chametz. You've got to get rid of it. Um, and um, part of the problem is that it tends to be after the Shemitah that it appears. So probably starting next year, we're going to get Shemitah wine in the stores. And it looks just like the regular wine, except it, it doesn't have the usual kosher marks. It has like Hebrew writing on it that says, uh, this has the holiness of Shemitah. <laughs> you can't even read what it says there. It's very tiny. Uh, but, the, but the Shemitah is a small, pr- well, it's a problem. You've got to eat it with Kedusha Shemitah. But the other problem is once the date goes by of the Zman beer, then you're required not to have it in the house. So... Some people say even in chutzorts that you can like take it and put it on your curb and declare it ownerless. And then if nobody else grabs it, then you could go ahead and... But it's a little complicated. Like, do you have to have people there to witness you 
being masquerade and how do you do that and what do you do, you know, but that's, but the, there is this amount of beer even that we might end up, but we, we try not to buy Shemitah stuff so we don't have to deal with it. Or if you bought it, make sure to finish it before this amount of beer. But uh, this amount of beer varies from crop to crop. So you really got to get on the internet and find out exactly when this amount of beer is. Um, but at any rate, let's get back to Rashi. I got way off topic. No, but I, I, yeah. Just mm-hmm. a quickie. Isn't there a problem in general about taking that stuff that was out of Eretz Yisrael? Correct. Uh, they're not, right. It's not supposed to leave Eretz Yisrael. But uh, um, unfortunately, I mean, fortunately, there are, Jews don't want to buy uh, stuff that they shouldn't. And so what are the people that sell it? Uh, even though they're not supposed to, they do. They sell it outside the land of Israel. So it ends up here. Even, in other words, the people who sell it don't, aren't necessarily observant. They just have a hexer. <laughs> so it, it, they aren't supposed to get it out of Eretz Israel, but they do. And so it ends up here in Atlanta, Georgia sometimes, then it ends up in other cities. And uh, what happens is the supermarkets find out, well, we can't sell it in Toco Hills because they're religious over there. So then they send it to Dunwoody. So then sometimes I bust them over there and then they send it to Sandy Springs. And it goes, because they're going to sell it and it's kosher wine. And so if you won't let them sell it in one store, they'll sell it in a, uh, we had one case where it was like at a Jewish National Fund dinner uh, that somebody donated. And we said, no, no, you can't serve that. And then at the next dinner, it appeared there. <laughs> the same wine. Because, uh, you know, they, they, it's got, someone's got to do something with it. But at any rate, let's see this about a beer. What does the beer have to Mises? So, Bikurim Umaiser Sheni Beshana Shlishis. Once you hit the third year, Shim Shah Maiser Shadri Shadrishniya Molikan Bishlishis, you have to bring it at a certain time that you're required. Mizvada Paartiya Kodish Minabayas. And you make the declaration that I removed it from the house. Bimalikan Mizbarim Bakoma, if you didn't bring it, then it has to be destroyed. Again, it, I, I, this isn't talking about Shemitah, but it is talking about destroying it. Or, or removing it, and there are certain laws at a certain point, if you didn't do the mitzvahs correctly, that you have to remove it or take it out. That's the only thing I was pointing But anyway, uh, but getting back to the uh, Mishnah, uh, we're five lines from the bottom. Tani Seifa, Yeshra Maiser Bikurim Masha'ein Betruma. Shamaiser Bikurim Toinavas Mokam Maiser and Bikurim are different. They have to be brought to a certain place. Betoin Vida, and they need a declaration. Va'asr La'one, and they can't be eaten by a mourner. Rishimin. Matir, the Chayav Mabir, and there's an obligation to do beer. Rav Shin Pater, he says not. The Elu Asir Levar Mehem Betuma, the Elu, and the following things, Asir Levar Mehem Betuma, you're not allowed to, when you burn them, you have to, can't, sometimes when you burn stuff, you want to like throw it all together. There, you burn stuff that is impure, and you burn, in this case, you burn stuff that wasn't brought on time. So you can't burn the two together. Uh, as we turn the page, Now, if you ate them when you were tummy, so you get a whooping. You won't do that again. And now, And it doesn't list these differences uh, between Meiser um, uh, um, and Truma. So what do you see? So we see that not everything is on the list. So therefore, maybe it left out the bris milo on the list, and so at the end of the day, the question that we started off the morning with, which was this law of an oral, an uncircumcised guy, what's the deal with Meiser? And we thought we had a proof because it didn't mention it there. So that must mean that it's not a problem. It's not a proof because it left off other things. So our question remains unanswered so far, uh, whether or not the, the oral uh, can uh, eat Meiser or not. Uh, okay, back to the Gemara. 
So the only thing was, we brought down some halachas now that we're going to need to explain. So we said, uh, we said that there was a debate uh, whether a mourner um, can uh, eat the, uh, uh, the truma, and Rav Shimon permitted it. How do we know? Uh, how, where, what's this debate about eating it in a state of mourning? So, um, it says, um, it says you shouldn't eat it in your gates, but you bring it up to Yerushalayim, your maestres, and what are these things? One is first fruits, and it's comparing first fruits to maestres. My, and so, in what way are they similar? I think I just said truma, but we're talking about meiser here. My meiser asr la'onein, just like meiser, you can't eat it in a state of mourning, af bikurim asr la'onein. Also, first fruits are asr to an Rav Shimon says, no, he says, truma krina rachmana. He says, the Torah calls this kind of meiser truma. My truma mutter la'onein, af bikurim mutter la'onein. He says, no, maybe it's different. So we're having an argument about these three holy things, truma, meiser, and bikurim, whether they can be eaten in a state of mourning. That's the debate. Next, v'chayavan bebir. Now, if, if these aren't brought in the appropriate time, you've got to get rid of them, Rav and Potter. He says no. So what's that debate about? Mar makish or mar lo makish? One makes a comparison, one doesn't. Um, that's uh, the question of whether you compare um, bikurim to meiser or not as far as the mitzvah of beer. Do you have it or do you not? Okay, fine. Next. And we said that when you, those things that everybody agrees you destroy, you can't destroy it with impure things. And if you eat it when you're impure, now this is important because one of the things that we're getting at is that is a person without a bris, is he like somebody tame? Is that the same thing? It's really a little bit different. Somebody, tuma is one thing, and not having a bris is another, but it's sometimes described in the same way. Like, uh, it's, tuma is a lack of holiness, like uh, the inability to get close to Hashem in a certain state. So we, we see a bris is that there's something blocking that person unless he gets a bris. Tuma is similar to that. But uh, over here, we're talking about eating a betuma loka, he'll get whipped. Where does the Torah say... In order to whip someone, the Torah has to be very direct. We're not going to whip a person unless it says it there in black and white. Titania. Uh, the person, when he brings the, uh, the, um, uh, the first fruits, he declares, he makes a declaration that he followed everything, all the procedures. And he says, I didn't touch it when I was Tameh. Whether I was the Tameh one and it was pure, or I was pure, and it was Tameh. Uh, and how do you know that you can't eat it when it's impure? So, so here the Gemara is interesting because there's any I don't know. When do you have a Gemara that says I don't know? The Gemara knew everything, right? I don't know. Ask someone else. Okay, any do. Um, so the Gemara says, well, if you're Tameh, that we do know. If you are Tameh, if you touched it, usually it means you touched a dead creepy or you touched a dead body. So you wait there until the night falls. It, uh, it must be a dead creepy. You've got to take a bath in the mikvah. So, uh, what, so what do you mean you don't know how you, you, you can't eat a bituma, what the source is? Pusik says in black and white. 
So the Gemara says, how can we avoid? This was the question. Tuma Sasamanayan, how do you know you can't eat a tumma? Tamalom, Tokala, Bashar, and Mice is going to Uhalnom, and over there it says, Bashar and Tokala, Tommy, Vator, Yaktov, Katsvika, Ayo, that Tommy could eat it. Vitani, Vay, Ravishmul, Afilu, Tommy, Vitor, Ochan, Ashulchan, Echad, they can even eat on the same table, Bakara, Achas, Vainukhashin, and we don't worry. Vikom Rahmana, Hud, Omer, Lachasam, Bisharecha, Tokhlano, the way you could eat it over there, for this law, you can't eat it. Um, so there is a, um, that's when, uh, um, that's when he's Tameh. Our question is going to be when it's Tameh. There is a little bit, uh, a difference between the two. Um, so let's just see a Tosus here, just for fun, in the middle here, Tumas Atzma Menayin. When I say for fun, it's really like a stab in the dark because the, these halachas of Tumatahara, uh, you got to go learn them. They're just a lot of nuanced. And so we just touch on them. We'll have a lot of questions still. But anyway, let's take a look. If you, uh, uh, if you can't eat it when you're Tame, so wouldn't automatically you know um, So why would you need it if you can't eat it when it's tame and you're tame and you touch it? Aren't you going to make it tame? So isn't it automatically? How are you going to avoid it? I mean, if you know that you can't uh, eat it when it's tame, and uh, if you're tame, aren't you going to make it tame? So he says, no. Somebody could put it in your mouth. You know, like the, you know, you, you you could somebody could stick it down your mouth. Sheheka de tochav lo chaveira you open your mouth and say, ah, and a person says, oh, I got some truma here. Uh, I, he says, help me, I can't touch it. So in case you could uh, plop it in his mouth. I don't know if you make a breath. Even in the throat. In the throat, right, yeah. So that it's like it's not touching it. Right. Or he says, if it didn't get wet. Pretty dry. If it didn't get wet, then it's not going to be eligible for tuma. Why can't you learn that from the both tumas from one? Uh, this also ends with that. But anyways, getting back to the Gemara, uh, I, I'm just pointing out that, that if you had that question, so Tosos was wondering that as well. Okay, back to the Gemara. Mashen came to Truma. So we said Truma is different, um, that you don't have these laws of beer by Truma. So how do you know that? Um, he says this, you're not allowed uh, to... Um, when you burn it, you have to burn the tahar things separate from tame things. But you are allowed to burn uh, truma oil that became impure. Now, by the way, uh, certain things, uh, even if you uh, are tame and you can't eat them, but there's still a lot of value to you uh, to use as fuel. So, in other words, uh, oils, anyways, you put in the oil lamp. So the question is, if it's tame, so no harm done, you're not going to eat it. You can still use it uh, to burn. Are you allowed? So we're saying for truma, you could. Maybe this you can't burn. How do we know the inference that it's truma? Maybe we're talking about temple oil. Well, that's logical. If meiser, which is the least holy of all these things, you don't even need a kohen to eat meiser. And you're not allowed to burn the meiser together with non-impure things. Kodesh, which is much holier, karbanos and temple things, certainly you're not allowed to burn lo kol shekein. So the Lord says, if you're going to say that logic, 
So you could argue Truma is, uh, is also holier. Again, we got this totem pole. We got Meiser, we got Truma, and we got Kodesh. Right? Those are the Mishnah. So if you know that you can't burn the leftover Truma together with Tameh, I'm sorry, if you know that, you, so certainly you wouldn't be able to burn holier things. So that's really our question. So, the Lord says, no, it's, it's telling you that Truma is different. So, famous question also. And how do you know to differentiate? That if you're going to say, well, Truma is not quite the same, you could burn that Betuma. So, the Lord says, so again, we've got two things. We've got Miser, where it mentions not burning Tummy things together. When you make your declaration, when you, when you get to go up there in front of Hashem, and by the way, this lifts a person up. In other words, a, a per, we very rarely pat ourselves on the back, which we should. Uh, there's a, a person when they do mitzvahs should pat themselves on the back. You know, they should uh, they should feel good about that. It's a very important. Uh, we say, oh, I, I daven today, and you say, well, you daven every day. Well, no, <laughs> every day. Give oneself a yesterday. That's right. Absolutely right. But that's what the, that's what the vidui meiser is. The person is saying. Um, uh, I did it. I did. I followed all the procedures. I I, I, the, I make the declaration. I get up and I declare in front of Hashem. I did what I was supposed to. Right. That's the. Uh, um, so you know what they say over there is that when a person when he mentions that he did what he's supposed to, then he remembers what he didn't do, what he was supposed to. That's why it's called vido imaiser. That's what they. They say, even, you know, when you mention, oh, yeah, I, did, I, I did it this time. Well, <laughs> you know, so, so, but, but either way. So uh, the question was, uh, in that mentioning, he mentions that I never burnt it with Toma, and it implied only over here does that apply, but not by some other holy food. So the question is, what is that other holy thing that it wouldn't apply to? Is it Truma or is it Kodesh? That was the question. What is the thing? What is the, we have a choice here. Something is excluded from the laws of, of mixing Tuma and Tahar. Is it, we said, Meiser, uh, it does apply, but something else it doesn't. What is that something else? Is it Truma or is it Kodesh? So the Mora says, we can figure this out. We're logical people. Mistavra, it's logical. Kodesh, Lomamtino. If you're excluding something from a strict rule, it's not going to be Kodesh. Shukane because of Panakakis, because of all the ways in which Kodesh is super duper strict. First of all, you got Pigel. Then you got Noser, that's the Nun. Then it's a Korban. And then it's Me'ila. And then it's Kores, V'asr L'onin. So don't tell me you can burn Kodesh with Tuma. No way, Jose. So the Morris says, well, Tuma is uh, Adarabah. Well, why do you say Kodesh is so... Super duper strict. Truma lo matino. You don't exclude truma because of machpaz. Why? Misa v'chamish. I mean, truma is what are you calling chicken soup? I mean, truma. Uh, it's misa. It's death if you eat truma. That's pretty strict. V'chamish, <laughs> and you got to add the fifth. Ain't no pigeon. There's no redeemer. Vas lezarim. So uh, the question here is, what do we exclude from these laws of of tuma? Do we exclude Kodesh or do we exclude Truma? And uh, we got a lot of ways in which uh, uh, Kodesh is very holy, and we got a lot of ways in which Kulin is holy. So the Morris says it's all a numbers game, Hanuk Nefishin. We had that before, by the way, that uh, you sometimes can do a, you, you, you add all the sides together and you, you compare it up, apples to apples. Or, Or, 
Uh, it's interesting. Being cut off is, is worse than death. Being cut off from the chorus is a bigger penalty than uh, truma is just misa. That's all. Uh, you just die. So everybody dies. So maybe you die a little. So the chorus is, is even worse than that. That's the person's cut off from their source of living. That's, that's something worse than death. So it must be that if we're going to, ex- uh, we're not going to exclude Kodesh. Okay, back to the mark. Then we said, uh, you're allowed to, if a person were to eat uh, the Meiser Betuma, he's going to get lucky. He's going to get whipped. Masha'in came Betuma, where Truma, we don't whip you. So lucky. Now, when we say we won't whip you, does that mean you could do it? So we say, no, we won't whip you, but it is us, sir. How do you know that you can't eat burn a bitumah? So Amar Krab Sherecha Zoklan Lizevalola. It says this one uh you should eat it in your gates and not bitumah, but not, another thing um is not excluded. Vilaba Bomakal essay essay. In other words, it's telling you that uh this would apply to something else. There is an essay for other things also to be burnt, uh not not to uh make not do them in tumah. Uh, you know what? Let's just stop here. Well, um, no, let's keep on going. Uh, you could see it from the first part. The Tani Vishayer, that we left out something. Midalok uh, Tani, he's going back on what we said before. We were looking for what it left out. Uh, again, just now we pointed out uh, that, that even by Truma also, we're not saying you should do it. There's an Isra say that, um, that to do it. But Ravashi now is going back to what we said before. Did our Mishnah, when it was, uh, our original question was, um, can a person who doesn't have a bris eat miser? And we said that we were talking about other things where you have to have a bris, and we didn't mention Masha'en came by miser. So we said, well, it's, it's not a proof because it didn't mention it. It left off other things. So our question was, what else did it leave off? So now Ravashi had his chance to put his two cents in. Yes. He said, He said, I can show you, even we, we brought it proof that it left off something in the second part of the Mishnah. So Ravashi said, no, it actually left out something in the first Mishnah. Why? That we didn't mention that, uh, see, Meiser is only certain years. It's every third year. You don't have Meiser every year. Um, the other years you give it to the poor. That's not, that's Meiserani. That's a whole, but the Meiser Shani, where you bring up Jerusalem. It's not every year. So some mitzvahs apply every single year. Whereas Meiser, um, these other things apply in other years. And there's no redeem. So you see, not only from the second part, you even see from the first part that we don't mention everything. But where does that leave us? So if it doesn't mention everything, you can't bring a proof from the fact it didn't mention that if you don't have a bris, you can't eat Meiser. So since it didn't mention it, we have no proof. So now we've got to go back to Tashma for tomorrow. Uh, what's the deal here? If you don't have a brisk, can you eat your miser or not? Okay, we will stop.